Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from HPE Discover in Madrid, and I am delighted to be joined by Raphael Davison, Worldwide Director of Blockchain at HPE. Welcome, Raphael. Thank you, Allison. It's great to be here. First, thank you so much for taking the time out of, I'm sure, what is a busy schedule at Discover. I'm very excited to talk to you about HPE's plans in blockchain. So let's just get started. And first question, what does it mean to be the worldwide director of blockchain at HPE? Well, it means I get to uh, wake up every morning and do something new that hasn't been done at HPE since the day before. My responsibility at HPE is to lead the worldwide team to develop blockchain technology, services, differentiated architectures, etc. for HPE. So it's a really fun and uh, unique job. Now, blockchain has been a much ballyhooed technology within the industry for the last couple of years. Historically, has been tied in conversations to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, right. but means a lot more. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit about what is blockchain and why this is such an interest to HPE and your enterprise customers? Sure. Blockchain is so new to so many people. They've heard the word blockchain, but they, many of them immediately think Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Bitcoin is a use case. It's the most mature use case, but it's just one use case for overall blockchain and distributed ledgers. Blockchain is important to us at HPE because it's important to our customers. We've always been a company that innovates and looks to new technology to help our customers run their businesses. Last year, we started hearing a lot of questions coming from our customers. What is HPE doing with blockchain? How can you help us with blockchain? So we had a number of people throughout HPE in 2016, all across the globe, all different roles, salespeople, technology people, just innovating in blockchain all on their own. And our labs organization said, you know, this is really catching on. Let's try to formally create a project team. So in January of this year, I was asked to lead the team, and we formed our blockchain team. And one of the first things we did was contact our customers. By now, we've spoken to 50 to 60 of our customers to really understand, are you working with blockchain? If so, how are you going to use it? What are your issues? What are your experiences with it? One of the first things we learned is that from financial services was by far the largest group of customers that actually were using and experimenting Mm -hmm. with blockchain. We found that each one of those financial services firms had innovation teams, and blockchain was one of the top three things they were working on. And that they were using primarily the three biggest platforms. There's many platforms. I think last time I read Gartner said there's like 80 different Mm -hmm. blockchain platforms. But the ones they were using primarily was R3 Corda, Mm -hmm. Ethereum, and Hyperledger. Mm -hmm. And financial services was primarily R3 Corda. So when we looked at our project and said, okay, what can we do to help our customers? We said, you know what, let's focus on our financial services customers, since they're the ones using blockchain the most. And let's see what we could do with R3 Corda. It's a wonderful distributed ledger platform. It's mature. It's been around, I think, since 2013. So in the world of blockchain, this this startup (laughs) ecosystem, they're like the old timers. Mm -hmm. 
And we said, it runs terrific, but from our customer's perspective, especially in financial services, Corda meets the functional requirements, privacy between individual members of a transaction. It manages smart contracts, etc. So it has some very good aspects from a functional requirement, but from a non-functional requirement for banks... You know, they need these systems, especially if they're mission critical, to be always on, always available, resilient, scalable, et cetera. We said, you know what, maybe what we can do is we can take our three quarter and marry it to our HPE mission critical nonstop architecture, which is the premier server for resiliency, in fact. Two out of every three credit card transaction in the world is running on HP nonstop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can marry the two, we can give them the blockchain, the distributed ledger platform that meets their needs from a financial services regulatory perspective, but also meets their needs from a non-functional requirement Mm -hmm. perspective. We created and we announced just recently in our press release the mission-critical distributed ledger technology, the mission-critical DLT which uh, customers uh, can run either Mm on-premise or uh, for pilots and proof of concepts remotely as a service. The second thing we did was because... The ecosystem is so fragmented. It's dominated by startups. You have Ethereum, you have Corda, you have Quorum, you have Chains, you have all these different things. Customers said, you know, we need help understanding this landscape, understanding what we should focus on from the perspective of how will blockchain affect our business models. And then once we have our business model kind of redesigned to take advantage of blockchain, how do we translate that into a technology architecture? So we partnered with the likes of Pricewaterhouse and others, Accenture, etc., to develop a relationship there so that we can help or be involved as the customer's business models transform. And then our Point Next Services organization created a blockchain discovery workshop where we will meet with our customers, help them with their blockchain strategy, help develop a first use case that might help them begin their exploration with blockchain. And then we have a hackathon where we could take that use case in over a three-day period. The customers, developers, and our developers will get together and actually create a blockchain application that the customer can use to begin their experimentation. Those services and our mission-critical DLT really were the first things we did to try to help our customers with their blockchain journeys. Now, this is fantastic because I think this gives the customers that you're working with the trust that a brand like HPE is moving in this direction and they're giving them technology that can take them a little bit further on the journey. Right. When you're talking to financial services companies, what is the primary driver for them to take this leap with blockchain? What is the financial benefit for them? Well, if I recall, Goldman Sachs estimates 2 to $3 billion of annual savings for U.S. financial services firms. Wow. I think it's $6 billion globally. So it's kind of like a frenemy, right? They know that if they hear everybody saying, well, they're going to be disintermediated. Mm-hmm. You don't need a financial services firm to be able to exchange value between you and me. On the other hand... There's significant opportunity for better customer experience, for significantly lower costs, and new products and services. So they know that they need to either capture this and really understand how to leverage it, or, you know, there'll be new competitors that they'll have to deal with. So they're very actively experimenting with it. When we talk to them, in addition to 
the ability to you know, use it to creating new business models. But one of the other requirements that they're really interested in is enhanced security. And that's why we're so excited working with Intel, because uh, we're the SGX chip, the trusted execution enclaves, the ability to be able to have uh, executable and data sitting in a secure enclave mm -hmm. uh, so that you can maintain privacy, but you can still have access to you know, the output of that, zero-knowledge proofs and things like that. Very exciting technology that we're looking to see if we can use that to add on to what we've already done, both with R3, Corda, and Ethereum. Yeah, I would assume that when you go into a distributed ledger, the amount of security that's present within that ledger becomes a little bit more important. You know, where do you store the keys? One example is pretty interesting. If you think about what we call blockchain 3.0, blockchain 1.0, we say, is people transacting with people, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, etc. Enterprises, we call blockchain 2.0, that's enterprises transacting with enterprises. Private permission networks with known members, uh, networks where the members are identified executing transactions that are pretty predictable. Blockchain 3.0 is the future, and it's the integration of blockchain, the Internet of Things, the edge, etc. Think about the insurance use cases for usage-based insurance contracts. If I'm a safe driver, I want to be able to pay the least amount of money for my insurance because I'm a safe driver. So have the car capture my driving habits. But I don't want to share that information. I don't want the insurance company to know where I've been driving. It's my private information. Well, that's where trusted execution enclaves like SGX come into play. Because I could take that chip and I could throw it in the car. And that car can capture all that information, my telemetry of my driving habits. And then the insurance company can send a query to the enclave, is Raphael a safe driver? It can execute, it can run the data, and it can answer yes. So the insurance company can trust the information coming out of the SGX chip in my car because it's stored in the enclave and the executable, they developed it. But I can trust that the enclave is keeping my data safe in the car. So when you think about the Internet of Things uh, and the security, security for privacy, security for my digital keys, security comes in on so many levels. And technology like uh, SGX and trusted execution enclaves, I think, is a very important piece of that. When you look at that blockchain 3.0, yes. I would assume that you're seeing a tremendous amount of different verticals, different industries yes. Yes. applying blockchain. What are the most interesting ones that come to mind? So there's a few. Um, we're working on a project with one of our partners, PricewaterhouseCoopers, called a digital twin. Think about a jet. If you imagine a jet as a million parts flying in formation, if you want to know the health, how well is that jet? You can have a ledger for each one of those parts. From Were they created by a validated and authorized manufacturer? You don't want gray market parts in your plane. And then what is the history of those planes? So... Having a digital representation of all those million parts, and every time that jet lands, two to three terabytes of data gets offloaded and needs to be processed on the edge. You need security, you need AI, and then a certain subset of that data needs to be posted into the ledgers. And then those ledgers need to be distributed across the airlines, the airports, the regulators, the suppliers, the manufacturers really cool use cases. Mm -hmm. So travel, transportation, supply chain, and obviously financial services, those are the kinds of uh, use cases that we're seeing and talking about. Well, thank you, Raphael. It's been an awesome interview. One final question for you. 
Where can folks find out more information about HPE's offerings on blockchain or engage with HPE to learn more about a trial? Sure. So if anyone's here at Discover, we have a lot of terrific uh, blockchain events. And you can just Google HPE and blockchain, and there's a lot of resources on our website. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash big data, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 